Good morning for Monday, August 29, 2016. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Russia uses false stories as a weapon. In Kashmir Ward, dead eyes rife. And pursuing seats where Trump is a hard sell. In today's national headlines, coal country wary of Clinton's pledge to help, long nights for homeless families seeking shelter, and Muslims seek a new burial ground and a town box. In this morning's business headlines, new issues arise over for-profit colleges, rate policy is reaching its limits, banks are told, and Osgood leaving Sunday morning after 22 years. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Stockholm by Neil Farquhar. Russia uses false stories as a weapon. With a vigorous national debate underway on whether Sweden should enter a military partnership with NATO, officials in Stockholm suddenly encountered an unsettling problem. A flood of distorted and outright false information on social media, confusing public perceptions of the issue. The claims were alarming. If Sweden, a non-NATO member, signed the deal, the alliance would stockpile secret nuclear weapons on Swedish soil. NATO could attack Russia from Sweden without government approval. NATO's soldiers, immune from prosecution, could rape Swedish women without fear of criminal charges. As often happens in such cases, Swedish officials were never able to pin down the source of the false reports. But they, numerous analysts and experts in American and European intelligence, point to Russia as the prime suspect, noting that preventing NATO expansion is a centerpiece of the foreign policy of President Vladimir Putin. In Crimea, eastern Ukraine, and now Syria, Putin has flaunted a modernized and more muscular military, but he lacks the economic strength and overall might to openly confront NATO, the European Union, or the United States. Instead, he has invested heavily in a program of weaponized information, using a variety of means to sow doubt and division. The goal is to weaken cohesion among member states, stir discord in the domestic politics, and blunt opposition to Russia. Moscow views world affairs as a system of special operations, and very sincerely believes that it itself is an object of Western special operations, said Gleb Pavlovsky, who helped establish the Kremlin's information machine before 2008. The planting of false stories is nothing new. The Soviet Union devoted considerable resources to that during the ideological battles of the Cold War. Now, though, disinformation is regarded as important and an aspect of Russian military doctrine, as it's being directed at political debates in target countries with a far greater sophistication and volume than in the past. The fundamental purpose of disinformation, experts said, is to undermine the official version of events, even the very idea that there is a true version of events, and foster a kind of policy paralysis. Moscow adamantly denies using disinformation to influence Western public opinion and tends to label accusations of either overt or covert threats as Russiaphobia. The weaponization of information is an integral part of Russian military doctrine, 
what some senior military figures call a decisive battlefront. The role of non-military means of achieving political and strategic goals has grown, and in many cases they have exceeded the power of force of weapons and their effectiveness. General Valery Gerasimov, the chief of the general staff of the Russian Armed Forces, wrote in 2013.